We're so excited today to have a friend of our uh, church and uh, grew up here. I know him, Ben, for probably a long time. I think more than 30 years. It's been amazing uh, that you're even that old. And so we're just excited to have uh, Ben Cosimo here to share the word with us this morning, uh, coming from Airdrie, Alberta. So come and share with us, Ben. We want to hear what God has for you, us. Thanks, Greg. All right. Well, it's always a privilege and honor to be here. Uh, Val and I feel at home whenever we come here because this is where we grew up and we know so many of you guys, our roots are here. Um, I, my parents started attending this church right around the time uh, before I was born, and so this is this is what I grew up and knew as church. So, thank you. Let's uh, let's take a minute and pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you that we can come without fear or shame, Lord, into your presence, Lord, as we are, with full confidence that Jesus is changing us from the inside out. Lord, I thank you that we can come, Lord, with boldness before your throne, Lord, and ask those things that you have laid on our heart. And so this morning, as we're in your presence, Lord, and as we spend time in your word, would your Holy Spirit just fill us fresh? Would you fill us fresh? Lord, give us a fresh lens to see things around us, Lord, to see people around us the way you see them, Lord, to speak to them as you speak to them. Lord, to love them as you love them. Lord, to uphold them as you uphold them. And Lord, I just pray that the witness of Jesus in our hearts would grow brighter and brighter and stronger and stronger. Lord, I thank you that you've given to each one of us. Each one, Lord, has a testimony. And Lord, I just pray that we would use that testimony for your glory and honor. That wherever we go, we would boldly proclaim Jesus and what he has done in our lives. And Lord, that we would watch as your Holy Spirit impacts those around us through the testimony of Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. So I'm going to look at some verses here um, that uh, were in the, um, in the sequence and uh, this is from Second Peter, uh, sorry, First Peter, chapter two, uh, verse nine. And as I was reading it, I read on to verse ten, and I thought I'm going to focus on these uh, two verses at first. Um, and then I've, I've got a presentation about our ministry, and uh, I'm going to bring a word today as well. So thank you for the freedom just to share what God has put on my heart. And so this is. This is just talking about people who stumble because they don't obey God's word and they meet the fate that was planned for them. In verse 9, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Because God has called you and given you that distinction of being a holy people, you get to show others the goodness of God. Not because of anything that we've accomplished or achieved, but because of the transformation that he's worked inside of us. We get to show others the goodness of God. 
Let's read down in verse 10. Once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And that message continues and resonates through God's people around the globe. You know what's amazing being part of a church that's, that's the entire, it circles the entire world. We're part of this church that God has called us together, past, present, even future. But right now, today, there's millions of people who are literally giving their hearts to Jesus around the world. Did you know that millions of people get saved daily around the, around the globe? Thousands of churches get planted every week around the world. And the gospel message that started in the garden when they sinned and God came and said, I've got a redeeming plan. And then Jesus lived out that message and proclaimed it to us. And then he gave it to the church and that message just carries and carries and carries. You know what? That message is so desperately needed in Canada right now. It is desperately needed in this nation. And so today, it's very simple. The message I'm going to bring to you is just simply about the gospel. But before I get into that, I just want to share something that um, the Lord highlighted to me while I was spending some time in prayer for this church. And so I remember coming here because there used to be a Christian school in this church. And so I went to that school and I remember we had these screens that were on these wooden frames. And we used to put, this was probably like grade one, and Mrs. Carlos was my teacher. And we used to put a... um, we used to put a paper underneath, and then you could put little shapes. And then you would take your paintbrush and dip it in the paint, and then you go over the screen, and it would splatter. And the thing that God was showing to me is that sometimes there's things in our lives that God covers up for a season. And because of our identity, and we take so much identity in what we do and what we've achieved, it can leave us feeling pretty naked and bare. But sometimes there's things that God covers up in our lives for a season. They vanish or they seem to disappear. But during that season, God's adding fresh layers. And then when you pull that stuff back, you can see what was made and created. And so sometimes there's things in our lives that God may say, I'm going to just put a pause on that for right now. Because I'm working right now on some issues of character I'm working right now on some issues of forgiveness. I'm working right now on some issues of hope. Whatever it is, God is building something into our lives. So if there's things that have remained hidden, let God do the work. Because we are able to share this message, not because of our accomplishments, not because of our personality, but we're able to share this message because God has called us to be his own. And because he's the one who's changed us. So let the change happen. Let the change happen because I believe that there's things in this church that God is going to start to peel back the layers to reveal what was covered for a season so that he can expose what new things he has brought to highlight that picture. Can you hear that? Can you receive that? Things that have been covered up, God has been highlighting something. So you're only seeing a perspective of it, but God is going to peel it back to to show the greater picture, to show the greater picture. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would take the word, and Lord, I just humbly submit that um, 
Lord, before you and before the people. And I ask, Lord, that you would take your word and, Lord, that you would allow it to percolate and, um, and then to speak what you will through this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, I've been working with United Youth Outreach for just a little over 13 years. And we moved, so just a quick history. I grew up in this church. I started, I went to Bible school here. I went to uh, first ministry opportunities. Actually, Greg and Carla opened up an internship for me. I think I was 17 years old. And we did children's VBSs. Stacy Oig was the youth pastor. We did like a big conference. I like found a pig that we could do like a greased pig contest. I think Mrs. Hudima helped me with that. I can't remember. I think she found a home for the pig after. Um, <laughs> we like, but you know what? That summer, so many people got saved and I was just blown away to see what God could do. I think there was like something like 80 kids got saved in the VBSs that summer. It was just amazing. And then people were giving their hearts to the Lord and people got saved at the youth conference and it was a powerful time for me as a kid to see what ministry can be about. It was amazing. A few years later, um, I went and did some missions, and, uh, and then I moved up to Hudson's Hope. I was hired on as the associate and youth pastor in Hudson's Hope. We started up a youth ministry there. We had a big drop-in center that we had open almost daily. And then we started to reach kids with the gospel. Man, it was a tough spot. There was two kids in the entire community that would attend church. And I thought, where do you go from there? But you know what? God was so good. He gave me a team. He gave me strategy. He gave our team strategy. And even though it took us five serious campaigns of preaching the gospel, finally... We're literally in this meeting with uh, a team that had come from United. They were called Life Force. And they're preaching uh, to the kids. And it wasn't like a big, long sermon. It was just people quickly get up, give a testimony, talk about something God had laid on their heart. And there was feedback coming from, from the audience. And these kids have been so resistant to the gospel. We, we did Youth Alpha, and they come for like three weeks, and they all disappeared. And we'd like start preaching, and kids would be like, no, we're not coming to this. And we're just like, where's the breakthrough? And we prayed so hard. All of a sudden, out of the back, this 12-year-old kid just puts up his hand. He goes, okay, I believe in Jesus. He goes, I know that some of my friends here believe in Jesus or you want to. He goes, put up your hands. And all of a sudden, a dozen kids stick up their hands. And I'm going, what's going on? <laughs> like the audience is leading the altar call here. This is so awesome. And, uh, and then um, and the Lord said, they're coming. They're coming now. So I got up and I said, okay, I have an announcement. Every Tuesday, we're going to have God talk. You guys start coming to God talk. And you know what? They came and then more came. And we started bringing those kids to the 180 Youth Conference. You know, kids were getting saved there. They'd come back. I heard about kids who were in the Hudson's Hope School shouting, Jesus is awesome, in a public school. And God just transformed and changed something in that community. I fell in love with Val. We got married here. It's about, almost, it'll be 20 years in April. And uh, right here we got married. And I'm still very much in love with Val. And uh, we went to Tumblr Ridge and uh, pastored a church. And we did a youth, youth thing there. And we, you know what? The Lord gave us revival there, too, with the youth. We saw so many youth. We'd take them to YC. So many kids. We'd just come driving home 
on the bus from YC, which is in Edmonton. It's about a six-hour drive. And I, I was like, i got to pray with these kids. I thought I'd pray with them for half an hour. And it just turned into an all-night prayer meeting because the Holy Spirit just hit that bus. And then the next year, the same thing happened. And God just started moving in, in the lives of kids. And so because I had been connected with United, if we can put the slide back up if that's okay, um, we, we uh, did some things with Street Invaders over the years, and so Prince George helped us host Street Invaders uh, out of this church, I think, for two years. We, we partnered with the McKenzie um, Living Joy Church, and uh, we were up in Tumblr Ridge doing stuff as well in Hudson's Hope. God did awesome stuff. I just remember kids getting baptized in the river uh, or in the, in the creek in a waterfall up in Hudson's Hope. And then we offered communion, and we said, if you want to put your faith in Jesus, you can come and take this. And right in the bush, these kids just came and, and took communion. It was so awesome. Uh, Deb and her brother, Paul and Catherine, who's now Paul's wife, and Jamie Poye, and I'm trying to remember who else, Nick. We went to Thailand and China. And we were working with Alan Bay with the Karen people. Um, we went and did a camp for, I think, four days. And I remember they had a, a Thai evangelist who was there, and so he was preaching as they did this camp. And we were just doing skits and dramas and praying for people and trying not to get deceived by the youth who were feeding us bugs that they were catching in the worship services. <laughs> and we like literally cooked up these bugs. We thought we were being so culturally appropriate. And then all the other Thais were looking at us like, why are you guys eating bugs? <laughs> and anyway, uh, we're like, we're doing this drama. And, and then I found out, because the, the, the evangelist, the Thai evangelist was like, there's another village 20, 20 minutes from here. And so... We found out that these guys didn't know Jesus. And I'm like, why not? Like, why don't these people, like this, this tribe, they had known about Jesus since the 1800s from missionaries who had come over on ships. And so I remember I, I was giving a testimony or a little exhortation, and I said, you guys have to go tell your neighbors about Jesus. Go tell them about Jesus. And God did something. You know, we couldn't even speak Thai. God did something in those people's hearts because they went and they did it. And Alan wrote me back an email in the fall, and he said, you know what? They went and they shared the gospel with their neighbors. He said 80% of that village gave their hearts to Jesus. God will do stuff if we'll be willing to do stuff. If we could just open our mouth and get past our fear and our insecurity and our prejudice and our whatever it is, pride, and start opening our mouth for Jesus, God will do stuff. He's going to do stuff. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about United, and then we're going to jump into the Word. And I better find my sermon notes. I, am, I, told, I told Greg, I'm like, I forgot to get my... Uh, I forgot to get my mic, so I'm going to use a handheld. So our, our heart at, empower, at um, United is we want to empower your vision and calling to breathe hope to a lost world. And uh, Frank Bomer gave a word about hope in the prayer time. And so we really believe that the gospel is such a message of hope for people. It's a profound message of hope. So we want to encourage people to get started with a new focus in youth and evangelism ministry. And uh, so that's what we do. We have a vision to see every youth in Canada reach with the gospel. There's about 4 million youth in Canada. 
um, give or take, depends on how you define that. And uh, we realize that as an organization, we're not doing that on our own. So our, our immediate goal is that what we do is we empower missional leaders to fulfill this call. And so we start partnering with other agencies that want to preach the gospel. And so we bring our strength so that we can lock arms together for the purpose of seeing the gospel reach this nation. So if we can go to the next slide. We have a dream. We want to see a movement of disciple makers who will lead evangelism and discipleship movements. And so there's kids who are coming out of the woodworks. Uh, I have a young lady who's working with us. Her name's Kiana. And she, she grew up, she went to a church. It wasn't a very Bible-preaching church. She just went right into the world at a very young age, um, drinking, um, just immoral living and uh, it was it was a mess and she got all into the new age she was doing tarot cards she was doing all this stuff with spiritism all this uh, crazy stuff and she was in a situation where she was hanging out with friends one day and all of a sudden uh, someone knocked on the door at like three in the morning and they were like uh, we smell gas we smell gas you guys should call the fire department and they're like that's weird and so they were, they were just going to shut the door and just leave it. But they, the, Kiana was like, let's call. And so the fire department came, and they, they walked through the house, and they said, your carbon monoxide levels are just off the charts in this house. If you guys didn't call us and went to bed, you probably would all wake up dead. And so somehow the Holy Spirit sent this couple to go and wake this up. And this was a wake-up call for her because when COVID came and she lost her job and everything you know, shut down, locked in an apartment, she was just like, something's not right and she began to youtube stuff about jesus and she started to watch all this stuff and she youtubed about jesus until she surrendered her heart to the lord and then she asked the holy spirit to fill her and she had this dynamic experience with the holy spirit and so she ended up meeting us because we were doing evangelism in calgary and just doing we go do a weekly outreach and she was like okay I, I want to do this. So she started coming out and doing evangelism with us. And uh, she came and we'd get, get some Canada Summer Jobs grant. So we hired her last summer. She went to YWAM. She's come back. She's working with us again. And this girl's like leading people to Jesus. It's awesome. Transformed life. I remember I had this dream maybe about five, six years ago. And in this dream, we were going to this old roller dome in Calgary. And it, uh, it's called Lloyd's. Anyway, in this dream, um, you guys have the stucco-y walls. The, the walls, the exterior of this roller dome were just like these giant crevices and, and craggy stuff. And I'm walking around looking at this old defunct building, and then all of a sudden, out of the cracks, all these kids start coming. They just start coming out of the crevices and the cracks. And these kids are wild. Like, they're demonized kids. They're just crazy hair, crazy stuff going on. And we started to preach the gospel, and we had people just simply get up and give testimonies. And as they started to give their testimonies, people started coming coming to Jesus. And I remember the other day when we were in High River and Kiana gave this testimony, and I'm thinking she's one of them. She came out of this wild craziness, this demonic witchcrafty stuff that she was in, and this life of immorality, and she came and she surrendered her heart to Jesus, and she's been changed. And we are being changed. Let's go to the next, um, next slide. So 
part of what we do with people who come um, to work with us, uh, our whole goal is we're kind of like an incubator or like a greenhouse, and so we provide covering for ministries so ministries can, can grow and become healthy. Some of them stay with us, some of them launch. And so we just give them basic tools like charitable status, board governance, finance and office admin, leadership training. We do strategic initiative and operations training. We do communications with the government, insurance, basic web and marketing design helps. Some of, some of the basics that people would just need to, to put a sign up, open the door, and when you've got young people who are on fire for Jesus, sometimes they look at this stuff and they're like, what? And we're like, yeah, that we can take care of these things for you, and we really want to encourage you in your leadership growth and development so that you can go and share Jesus and, and do the ministry God's called you to do. So there's, there's eight ministries that are part of our, our group, and uh, our heart is to reach all the youth of Canada. We're very Western Canadian right now, but historically we've been in uh, New Brunswick and Ontario and Quebec, and we're looking for opportunities to, to return to those places. So we'll go to the next slide. Uh, we help ministries by consulting to help shape an outward-facing youth or evangelism ministry, so really just getting people looking outward from their church towards the lost or from their ministry. And so this is just us in um, uh, Airdrie, and so that's where we're living right now. We've been there for 13 years. We went to go do an outreach, and this is after the outreach. So this is a park. There's a uh, lacrosse, basketball thing. There's a big skate park on the other side, a playground, and, and baseball diamonds. So I thought we'd have like seven people show up to go preach the gospel in this park. And we had 19 people show up to go preach the gospel, and there's about 60 people in the park. So it didn't take very long because there's about three people per person. But the thing that was so amazing is we have these guys from Taiwan who love preaching the gospel. They're Canadian, but were born in Taiwan. They brought their friends from Pakistan with them. Well, their friends from Pakistan can speak Urdu, and they can speak Punjabi, English, and one other language. I don't even remember what it was. And we go there, and there's a Sikh family. And so one of our group is starting to reach out to the Sikh people, and all of a sudden, these Punjabi guys are translating the gospel for us. And we're like, this is so awesome. And we have another family that's joined our ministry that are ex-Hutterites. And they, they had... Um, they had been reading the gospel, and they, they read that, you know, salvation comes through faith alone, and it's a gift of God. It's grace. And so they were like, they were telling their leaders, they're like, we're not saved by all these rules. We're saved by grace and by our faith in Jesus. And their leaders were like, shut up. And they're like, okay. So they started to do a Bible study together with their brothers in their house. And another four years had passed, and they came back to the leaders, and they said, no, we're saved by grace. It's by faith alone in Jesus. And they said, get out. And they took away everything they owned, and they had to leave with their four children and the, and the clothes on their back. Now, there's a ministry in, in Alberta that reaches out to people who are caught up in groups like this. And so they came out, and these guys um, started to follow Jesus. Well, they recently were baptized, and they've joined the ministry we're part of. They're at this skate park, and there's a group of Mennonites who are all in their long dresses playing volleyball. And the guy goes, I think my cousin, my dad's cousin is like the, the leader of this group. And they left the Hutterites way back in the day. So they go over there, and they start talking to them about Jesus. So Because some, some Mennonites really know the Lord, and some have become very entrenched in tradition. And so they went over and they started, I was like, what is going on? Like we, we were wanting to reach the youth at a skate park and all of a sudden God's opening doors for us to preach the gospel all over the place because that's what God wants. He wants us to share the gospel 
wherever we go. Because this is such good news. It's such good news. So I'm going to just jump right into our sermon. So we're going to just switch the, the, the order of slides now. So I want to talk to you guys um, about speaking out and the message that God has given to us and how critical it is for us to speak this message and how simple this message is. How God has enabled every single one of us to speak this message. Do you remember the story I told you about the Karen tribe in Thailand? They're right on the Laotian border. We asked them if they would share their faith with their neighbors. We didn't do it. I don't get credit for this village getting saved. Because all I did was ask them to do the thing God put on my heart. But it was, it was them who went and did that. Now, they don't get credit either because it's Jesus who saved them. But the reality is sometimes we think that it's got to be the big guy. Okay, I grew up here. Some of you guys know my story. Some of you know parts of my life. But the reality is God is changing us from the inside out. And so we are not the same. We are not the same people that we were. We're different because we're changed. We're changed by God's glory. We're changed into his image. So we're looking at a simple verse today. Romans 1.16. Did you guys, do you have the other? Oh, thank you. So I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. I am not ashamed of the power I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. I am not ashamed. You know what? Sometimes what stops us in our lives from sharing our story is shame. But shame is a liar and God does not deal in shame. Shame from our past, shame from our condition, shame from our limitations. But God looks at you and he sees something completely different because if you've put your trust in Jesus, he sees Jesus and he sees what Jesus is working out in your life. And the rest of it is just garbage. But God sees such value. He sees gold. He sees precious stones. He sees treasure because of Jesus in our life. And I'm, I'm not saying that we're unvaluable because he would not have laid down his life for us and he would not have redeemed us if there was no value in us. But the things of the flesh, those things go away. But the things of the spirit, that is what he has redeemed and that is what Jesus breathes life into in our lives. And we are changed into his image. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So let me ask you a question. Let's pull up the slide again. What is your best story? What story can you tell of something that God has done to change your life? What is your best story? And how do you comfortably or naturally share that story? Okay, because when you yield that story to God, the Holy Spirit will start to supernaturally make this story incredible. And how do you share when you sense it's highly important for the person or persons you care about to hear. Now, we all know we've got that uncle or that grandpa who likes to tell so many stories. You know, they're making a point with that story. But you know what? Each of us has a story, and it's poignant. It's meaningful. 
It's deep. That story can change someone else's life if we share it. So how do you share when you sense it's highly important for the person you care about to hear? When we were in Tumblr Ridge, uh, Val and I took on paramedic work because our church was really small. They were paying us $800 a month because at the beginning because it was, it was such a small church. A lot of people had to leave because of the mines closing and, and, and jobs shifting. And so we started with this tiny, it was very much like a church replant. So we're like, okay, we need work. And so we went and got jobs as paramedics, which was crazy. But you know, God gave me incredible confidence as a paramedic. Because when I saw people and I saw the need, I was driven very quickly with compassion and with a sense of, I can help. And so I didn't get too concerned about, you know, the police or the drama or anything like that. I had hyper-focus, focus on the patient, focus on the need, get the job done. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, what drove that? And I thought, you know, I think a lot of that was compassion. A lot of it was God's grace in my life. But I think that there's people out there who are in desperate situations around us. And God wants us to see them and get a hyper-focus, not on the problem, but a hyper-focus on the Jesus solution for their life. And all that fear and intimidation and all that worry. Because you know what? When you're in a desperate situation, you're not like, hmm, okay, I see that person, they just stepped off the sidewalk and there's a semi-truck coming forward. I don't know if I have a degree that trained me in how to do that. Um, so, like, is there anyone else here who has a degree in pulling people off the road when semi-trucks are about to hit them? Okay, you just go. You just go. You know, there's so many people who are waiting for some kind of special holy permission. You already have it. Then when you said yes to Jesus, he had already said yes to you. When you said yes to Jesus, he had already said yes to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. So whoever wants it can have it. And when we get that eternal life, this is not just a golden ticket to heaven. Oh, good. My, my hell insurance is paid. That's a relief. <laughs> Salvation is about a changed life. It's about a changed life. And it doesn't just change us because when our life is changed and Jesus is inside of us, you've got to believe that Jesus wants to change the people around you. I mean, we don't live on an island and we don't live in a bubble. No. When we say yes to Jesus, he's already said yes to you. And you step into something that starts to have an impact on people around you. Or you take the insurance policy and you keep living like hell. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? So when you share that story... You see something that's highly important. How do you share it when you sense it's really important for the persons you care about to hear? How do you share that? Okay, because God will draw that passion out in us. And it's good to pray. It is so good to pray before we go. Let's go to the next slide. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So do we view the gospel as that life insurance policy? Or is it about a changed life? And do we spread that good news? 
What is the good news about Jesus that you have experienced in your life? So right now, I'm going to give you guys an assignment. I started this assignment with the grade sevens in the Airdrie Christian Academy. And then this assignment rolled right up to grade 12, grade six. We ended up taking 30 kids out to go preach the gospel in March. It was minus 12. We were at Canadian Tire and Superstore. And it was terrible. It was miserable. And I thought, whoa, we made a mistake. But I had these kids right at the door at Canadian Tire. And people come out. They're like, hi, we're from the Christian school. Can we talk to you about Jesus? And I'm like, mm, you know, I, I don't know if the manager's going to be so happy that you're, you're proselytizing right in their doorstep. But we cleaned up garbage. We were doing random acts of kindness, carrying grocery bags and stuff. And the, the manager came out and he took pictures of the kids. He was so impressed. They were cleaning up garbage. But these kids who were ready to share the gospel. And they'd just start talking about these stories of things that Jesus had done in their lives. Answers to prayer. And then they'd pray with people at their cars. And I'm like, what's going on? More 12-year-olds saving the world for Jesus. Awesome. We took 50 kids out to Croxford School. Uh, there's a 7-Eleven and a whole huge plaza with a bunch of little restaurants, pizza, and some nice restaurants and coffee shops. And all these kids come over from the school. And so we had 50 junior high kids sharing the gospel there. A little tougher crowd. But it's awesome to see them out sharing. Okay, so let's go back to our slide. Are we spreaders of good news? And what is the good news about Jesus that you have experienced in your life? So what's your story? Because I can tell you this, if Jesus did it, it's also his story. And it bears sharing. Let's change slides. So telling his story includes us telling our story. I hope you guys can read that. Some of it is really small. But storytelling is really powerful because it helps the hearer or the audience imagine a scenario where they process a simple truth. And the thing about telling stories is it actually gives permission to believe, for someone to believe, that the hearer, to believe that this could be me in the story. This could happen for me. If God could do it for you, he could do it for me. Or we can flip that around, tell our story, and say, if God could do it for me, then he could do it for you. What God's done for me, he can do for you. No one's out of the circle. We are all chosen people, a holy nation. And he said, whoever will, come. So here are some types of testimony or story. I'm going to give you guys an assignment right now. What I want you to do is, first of all, who here has ever had an answered prayer in your life? Put up your hand nice and high, boldly, proudly, proclaim, God has answered a prayer for me. Okay, almost every single hand in this room has had an answered prayer or a miracle. Okay, who has ever experienced God take care of you or your family? Put up your hand. God's taken care of you in some way. It was profound. He's taken care of your family. Awesome. Who's ever had God give you a clear direction or purpose? Okay. I remember I needed to hear from God. And at the end of the sermon, Steve Nemeth preached a sermon here in this church. If you don't know who Steve Nemeth is, he was a very strong prophet of God. And he came to this church. He had been a missionary in India for many years. And he preached a sermon and he said, God told me that there's 10 people who are going to get a message from God today. And I was like, I, my heart's like going thump, 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 thump. I had been praying to hear from God. So at the end of the service, I came and I stood right here. And all these people lined up there. 
And Steve Nemeth came, and he started right here. And I was standing there, and I'm looking down the line, and I'm like, I can count ten. I'm like, oh, no, I'm the 11th person. There's no word for me today. And he starts prophesying over all these people. And I'm like, I just stood there because I was like, no, I'm going to hear from God. And he walks back and he just starts talking to me. And he said, God has called you to nurture and disciple and train people. And I remember that from when I was 16 years old. That's 30 years ago. And he gave me that word and I've never forgotten that. And within a few weeks, I'm in Terrace with our youth group doing a ski rally. And Tim LaRose is preaching. And in the middle of his sermon, he stops and he points at me and he goes, you are called to ministry. I'm thinking, I was thinking of going into medicine. I've been like saving money and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, there's stuff in my life. There's stuff in my life. I don't know if I can do this. And they had a wall mural at uh, the Terrace Church that's, um, where Mike and, and Mo are pastoring. And it said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And I went up to the front, and I'm praying, and I'm like, hey, God, I surrender my life to this call of ministry. And I said, Lord, would you just give me a confirmation? Within 30 seconds, Peggy Horges is right beside me. She goes, I felt so strong from the Lord. I have to confirm this word. I have to confirm this word. I love intercessory prophetic people. I grew up with my mom, so you got to understand that, Marius. Um, but, like, I was like, okay, okay. And so I walked down that path. So have you had an answer to prayer? Let's put the slide up again. Have you had an answer to prayer? Have you seen God give you a miracle? Has he taken care of you or your family? Has he given you a clear direction or purpose? Or have you experienced a transformation? You know, for many of us, our story of transformation, it's a long story. But it's a true one. And I've seen people who've had rapid transformation. I've grown up with people who've had rapid transformation. They give their hearts to Jesus and the drug addiction falls off. They give their heart to Jesus and the sexual immorality changes. They give their heart to Jesus and the foul mouth becomes a mouth that speaks purity and holiness and truth and life and love to other people around them. Yeah, there's nothing too powerful for God. He will change it. So let's leave that slide up now because this is the assignment. So what I want you guys to do is look at this list. There's four things on there, and there's kind of miracle thrown in there, which kind of hits all of them. I want you to just take 30 seconds, 30 seconds max. Right now I want you to think about how has God changed your life? How has God changed your life? It's okay. How has God changed your life? Did he answer prayer? Did he give you a miracle? Has he taken care of you or your family? Did he ever give you clear direction or purpose? Have you ever experienced a transformation? Now what I want you to do is put that story into two or three sentences max. Any of you guys who likes to talk, put up your hand right now. Okay, you're the last one in your group. All right, you're the last one in your group. Okay, and don't hog it because you guys are going to pray with each other. All right, so it's good that you like to talk because we need talkers. I'm a talker. I got in a lot of trouble as a talker when I was a kid. All right, so what I want you to do is I want you to turn to the people beside you, no more than three people in your group. 
Okay, and everybody get a group. Turn to the people beside you, and I want you to just say, God transformed my life when he did this for me, and two sentences explain what he did. Or, God took care of my family when he did this for me. Just choose one. Or, God answered a prayer when he did this for me. I want you all to share a brief testimony, a two-sentence testimony with one another. So 30 seconds to think about it. Okay, it was already 30 seconds when I said that before. Okay, so turn to the people beside you. Okay, two or three in your group. And I want you to tell a story very quickly. All right, let's make sure the next person is sharing. Okay, it's time for the last person. Okay, and you're going to be quick. Today, you're going to do a miraculous short explanation. Okay. Now, what I want you guys to do, look at each other in your group, and you're going to pray this prayer with me, okay? So look at each other. This isn't going to be weird. It's just really simple and straightforward. Okay, and, re- and pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray a prayer inviting Jesus to take these stories and to use them to impact others for the gospel so that Jesus would be glorified. Because Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And of course, he's speaking about what he did on the cross, but what he did on the cross impacts every single one of us. So when we share our story, we are actually bringing the focus back to Jesus, what he did on the cross, and when he rose again, and the power that that brings to change in our lives. So look at everybody in your group, and let's pray this out loud. Jesus, thank you for your power. Thank you for the powerful story I just heard from my friend or loved one. Lord, I pray that you would give them great boldness and wisdom to understand how and when to tell this story because it is so important. And this story has the power to change someone else's life. Because Jesus, you changed them. And so, Lord, I pray 
that you would help them to share that story for your glory. Amen. All right. Okay. All right. I think we're done. I think we're done. All right. I got a couple more things to say, and I'm going to let you go. I'm going to ask if the ushers, thank you for bringing those out, because I'm very forgetful sometimes. The ushers have brochures that, we just do a quarterly newsletter from United, the ministry we're part of, and it just kind of gives you a picture of what we're doing. So I'd like you, you're all welcome to them, so if you'd like one, please take one and, uh, and take a look. All right, so let's go to the next slide. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So many people think, I've got to be anointed to preach the gospel. Well, yes, when you gave your heart to Jesus and you said, I give myself to you, then he came to live inside of your heart, and that already is an anointed thing that's happening. And when you are baptized and you say, I'm all in, then there's an anointed thing that happens in your life. And when the Holy Spirit baptizes you with his power, that's an anointed thing. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Jesus didn't say, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will pray in tongues. He didn't say that. He said, and you will be my witnesses. Now, you do pray in tongues when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you heal people, and you prophesy, and crazy things happen, and, and you tell people to go tell their neighbors about Jesus, and they go and do it, and the people get saved. Because it's not me, it's Christ within me. That is anointed. But when we start talking about the message of Jesus, that message itself is anointed. So when we start sharing this story, when God starts to work in our lives and we share what he has done, you're giving God permission for more. You're giving God permission for more in your life, and it will start to multiply. So you go and you share this message. The gospel message is simple. It works to bring the hearer to know Jesus. My friend Greg Denis, he's gone and traveled in South Africa, and they've traveled in high schools all across Canada. Catholic schools, they preach the gospel. Christian schools, they preach the gospel. They talk about hope when they go into the public schools because they're not allowed to preach the gospel in those places. But they've seen so many people come to Jesus. Like, they preach to 50,000 people in South Africa. He came to preach to our youth outreach in northwest Calgary. This was a number of years ago. And there's a group of kids. They're like grade five, six, so preteen kids. And he's just talking to them about Jesus. And, and then he said, you just, you just have to believe. You believe, and then you just say, I believe in you, Jesus. And he said, that's, that's how we come to know Jesus. And this kid goes, is that it? And he goes, yeah. He said, I think that's what the Bible says. You confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart and you'll be saved. The kid goes, but it's so simple. Yes. Yes. It's so simple. And even though he had preached to thousands of people, he was like, I had this moment when I'm like, it's simple. You know, so many people are hung up to, I got my four spiritual laws memorized, and what if I get them in the wrong order? And, and what if I don't want to use the four spiritual laws, but I want to use the Romans road to salvation? You know what? Start talking to people about Jesus, and then you can have those theological conversations after. And yes, we have to have those. The Bible doesn't change. But when you start talking about Jesus, people are going to latch on to you and what Jesus did in your life. And then we can bring 
the pieces of the word that are there because we have a living word inside of us. Now, I'm not talking about any other gospel than Jesus saves. I'm not talking about any other gospel that's about feeling good and vibrations and manifestation. No, Jesus saves. He saved my life and he can save yours. And if you don't know how to explain the whole thing, it's really easy because if a girl who's into new age can learn this on YouTube, so can you. You can. You just start talking about Jesus and you'll get hungry to start learning how to explain it. It will come. It will come. Bring the focus on Jesus because the message itself is an anointed message. Let's go to the next slide. How the word spread quickly. In Acts, Stephen was uh, stoned. Paul was not serving Jesus at that time. He was working against Jesus. And then they start to persecute the church wildly. And so all these people are getting spread out, and they have to leave. People are losing their jobs. People are getting imprisoned. Some people are getting killed. And you would think that they would all say, shut down the church. We can't operate anymore. We've, we've got the government against us. No. They took the message wherever they went. And usually when it talks about how they spread the gospel, it's, it would talk about the apostles preaching. But this was not a formal preaching. But it says that all believers, all believers, they gave testimony to all with whom they came into contact. They gave testimony. And so the church grew in Antioch. This is the first place they were called Christians. Not because of the apostles' work, and the apostles came in and did the necessary work in that place. But it began because the people were willing to share testimony, and they shared it with all. All with whom they came into contact. They weren't preaching doctrine and dogma. They were giving testimony of who Jesus is and what he had done. Simple. When you gave your heart to Jesus... He had already said yes to you. And you have from the Holy Spirit what you need to impact others around you with the gospel. So let's do it. Let's do it, baby. Let's close. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I know probably every one of us here has people in our lives that we love and care about who do not know Jesus. Don't wait. Don't push it, but don't wait. Let's start praying because those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. And Jesus said, don't say it's still another season until the harvest. He said, look, the fields are white to harvest now. You know what? Don't say, oh, that person's rich and they've got it together. They don't want to hear. They will thank you when you talk to them about the hope that lies within you. Uh, Frank was talking about hope today, and the scripture that came to me was that we need to be ready to give an answer 
for the hope that lies within us. When people ask us, we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. And that's not a theological answer. People, that's not their paradigm. Well, the Bible says in 1 Kings 3.17, in the King James Version, people are like, well, you lost me. But when we say, you know what happened to me? I was addicted. And I cried out to God and I said, God, you've got to take this from me because it's destroying my life. And he set me free. People are like, what? Wait, what? Or you go on a bus, like little Kimmy, not your pastor, but little Kimmy in Calgary. And she started praying. She said, can I pray for you, this lady? She saw this lady. Can I pray for you? And the lady just started crying. She goes, I've got cancer and it's terminal. She said, well, I'll just pray for you. So she prayed for her and she gets off the bus. Two weeks later, she gets on the bus. And the lady's like, it's, it's the girl, it's the girl. And she goes, I, I went to the doctor and I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm in remission. And the girl's like, well, what's going on? And the bus driver goes, well, what happened? And, and the girl's like, I, I prayed for her on the bus. He stops the bus and he goes, you guys need to listen to this girl. Downtown Calgary, this girl, she's 16 years old. She starts preaching the gospel on a bus to people and starts praying for people. Because when we step out and say, God did it for me and he can do it for you. And can I just pray for you and let's see what God will do? He'll do something. You know, sometimes we think people standing on this stage have all this anointing and power. The reality is I sat in this chair as a little kid. I went to this church. I did stupid things because I was a church kid. That's my testimony. I'm a church brat. There's people in the world who hate church brats because we think we know it all. We think we're so holy and all this stuff, but we actually sin and do bad things with each other. It's gross. But then God redeems that. And all of a sudden we stop thinking about, oh, who's the most popular person and who's, you know, blah, 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 blah in the church. And all of a sudden we start looking out the door because we saw Jesus and it changed our life. God wants to change each one of us. And when we step out in faith, he's going to do something. Tumblr Ridge, I'm a paramedic, pastoring a church. We get paged. It was an all-response call. This lady's blue on the table. She's not breathing. They've got a machine, bag valve mask they're ventilating her with. Her heart beats 23 beats per minute. She's going. She's about to die. I'm standing there. I'm using the bag valve mask with the nurse helping. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to pray for this lady. I'm like, yeah, I'm praying. He goes, no, out loud. I'm like, What? I'm like, there's doctors and nurses. Her husband's right behind me. The doctor's literally telling her husband, you need to prepare that she's going to go. You need to say goodbye. And so I said to the nurse, I said, can you take over? I have to talk to the great physician. She said, you do what you got to do. I am being completely honest. I had faith to be obedient. That's what I had faith for. I had faith to be obedient. I had no faith for a miracle, just for obedience. And so I put my hand on her, and I prayed for her out loud. And all of a sudden, her body went, and I'm going, what's going on? And they quickly bundle her up, and she goes in the ambulance. Val was actually her paramedic, and so was one of the ladies from our church. And within minutes, taking off all the apparatus and taking out the intubation, because she's breathing on her own, and she's awake. And the Lord snatched her from the edge of death. Guys, if we can just step out in faith with obedience and tell the story that God has given to us, 
God can take that and use it to change the world around us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you loved us so much that you would not leave us the same. You saw value in us that you redeemed us. Thank you that Jesus came and died on a cross for our sins. Thank you that he went into a grave, but he did not stay there. But he came back to life, and what a glorious hope we have. Because Jesus is alive. And you sent your Holy Spirit to give us Jesus in our hearts. Thank you for power to change. Thank you for answered prayer, for God's provision in our lives. Thank you for changing us. Thank you, Lord, for miracles. Lord, thank you for giving us clear direction. And in all of these things, we want to give you glory. But Lord, I pray that we would not say this so that people are like, look at me, look at me. But we ask Jesus that people would see Jesus when we tell our story. And Lord, when we see people out there, that we'll see Jesus too. Lord, let us be people who bring hope. In Jesus' name. I'd like to invite the worship team to come. I think there's some people here who... Maybe you need to start sharing that story. Maybe there's something even greater that God's about to do. But if you have an evangelistic fire burning in you, then I'm inviting you to come to the front because I want to pray for you today that God would release something in you to share the gospel. I want to pray for you all, first of all. We did already, but let's stand up. Jesus, would you take every story, every transformation, Lord, every change in our lives, and use it for your glory. Lord, that we can boldly proclaim the gospel wherever we go. Lord, with simplicity, with sincerity, and with full confidence that that message is anointed. It's your good plan. Jesus, that the story that happened in my life would so impact others as well. It's your good plan that when I met Jesus, others could meet Jesus through me as well. And so, Lord, break our hearts for the lost. Break our hearts for our brothers, our sisters, family members, loved ones, neighbors, work associates, people we play baseball or sports with, people we camp or hunt with. Lord, break our hearts for these people. Lord, that we would start sowing in tears. And Lord, that we would share, Lord, who you are and plant that seed with full confidence, Lord, that you have anointed the message. And you will use it to draw people to yourself. And Lord, if we don't know the word well, Lord, forgive us and help us to get knowing the word so we can just point people to Jesus that when we tell our story, we can say, and this is what God says about this. So, Lord, we say, here we are. Send us. Lord, open our mouths to speak out. Lord, I thank you that nothing is impossible for you. Lord, I thank you that COVID and 
government problems and politics don't stop us from sharing the gospel. Persecution, things that are tough in our lives don't stop us from sharing the gospel. Even laws don't stop us from sharing the gospel. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would open our mouths to breathe a word of hope, life, and love to our friends and neighbors wherever we go. And Lord, unlock that story in us for your glory in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you have an evangelistic fire burning in you, I want to pray with you. So I just invite you to come to the front. And I'm going to invite the leaders too to come and pray. If you have needs in your life, come on up. We'll pray for you too. But I believe God wants to do something in us so that the world will know that Jesus is Lord. So if the leaders, as you come up to pray for people, just ask them if they've come up because they have an evangelistic fire or if it's a need. And then let's just pray and let's just see what Jesus will release in us today. I invite you to just stay in worship or if you need to go, you're welcome to go. Thank you for being here today. If you wanted to support our ministry, we are looking for people to partner with us. I have some packages on the back info table. There's some um, uh, fabric bags that just explain our ministry and there's a request in there. You're welcome to take one. Thank you for joining us today and thank you for letting Jesus' story shine in you to reach others for him.